Tuck Taylor here with episode one of Beast Thinking Podcast. We have a special guest in the house. We're actually in his territory. We have Dr. Bino Rucker. Hey, thanks for uh, coming down here from the uh, Beast headquarters and uh, visiting us. So I'm happy to be here. I am super relaxed, by the way. I just got out of that meditation bag. What, what, what was the name of that? Okay, bag? that's a great uh, little thing to start with. You know, some of the people that work with you have seen that I'm a medical doctor, but I have uh, unconventional methods of helping people. So what Tuck is describing is the vibroacoustic table. A long time ago, I started researching a very fascinating woman named Sherry Edwards. I might have mentioned her to you before. So, yes. This ties into her. It's so fascinating. Sherry Edwards suggests that we have um, defects or problems handed down from our ancestors going back six generations, and they are carried into our voices, and that's called vocal imprinting. So okay. I'm, I'm missing certain chords when I talk because of some traumas that are embedded in my own vocal structure. So that made me start researching something that I found to be very impressive, which is sound healing. And some engineers from NASA had created different devices. So during that, that quest, I discovered a gentleman who uh, creates these tables from scratch. He builds them, and his whole family's involved. They create the binaural beats in their own studio. So there's healing frequencies. So the table sends physical frequencies into your body designed for healing. And with binaural entrainment, and also the music that you get to listen to, it's hitting different conceptual things like chakra points or you know defects that you may have. It also allows people to learn how to meditate. So the inventor of the table says it's for anyone and any use they want it, like creative visualization. So the table's a form of hitting your unconscious, as you know. So it's sending frequencies and sending sound and causing healing. Yeah, I've, I've been having some very good experiences with meditation of lately, and I think it's because I uh, have conceptualized it a little bit different in my mind, like what it actually is and what its purpose is. And so my, my kind of take and my kind of approach to meditation now is for me to be able to spend time creating that disassociation between my physical body and that actual higher intelligence that animates the physical body. So there's something that's animating us, there's something that's powering us, and that, I believe that's, that has all the answers, that has all of the navigation tools on what we're supposed to be in life. But the fact that we're so focused on the physical world so much, on our physical body so much, we forget what we are. And I believe meditation is a time where we can create that disassociation between our physical body and that higher intelligence so that we can ask that higher intelligence question. We can be with it. We can know what we are so that we're not limited. Because right now, by me thinking that I'm a black male, there might, and I'm not, you know, don't believe in any kind of like oppression or anything like that anymore, but by, there's some, some, some subconscious things there, right? Sure. So, and I, just me being a human being, there is some subconscious limitations. I mean, that that I is fascinating. You know, I'll take it a step further to suggest that for some reason your soul chose right. this manifestation. 100%. Right, so it's kind of interesting that right. Our souls are probably look identical, right? One hundred percent. The quantum signaling and one hundred percent. It's very so. It's kind of a fascinating. One hundred percent. And I think again, when you don't associate yourself with being, you know, Bino or Tuck, 
then we can tap into that higher intelligence and also it opens up an infinite realm of possibilities for things to happen because there's when you have no limitation that there's infinite possibilities for things to happen there's no limit to what can happen i think that opens that up i've been getting some very profound ideas and uh kind of just things are clicking for me now just because i i, I feel like i understand what i am now you know, what, what I think is most fascinating about it, you and I sitting together and all the times we talk are we're, we're nothing like who we are on paper. Right, I'm, right. I mean, I'm supposed to be a medical doctor. You're right. a, a trainer that right. owns your, you know, gym complex, you know. and But when we talk, we have nothing to do with that avatar. No. And no. sometimes when you talk like that, I think of the movie Avatar. Right. Your, your soul's like in some hyperbaric chamber kind of thing. That's, that's what I feel like. Man. Right. And that's where, because that, I try to piece together all these things. And mm -hmm. the, the crazy thing, believe it or not, to any, any strangers to our way of thinking that might be watching, this ties in deeply to who we are on paper. 100%. So it's the, the reverse weird. Like, I think it makes us better practitioners of what we do, that we have, that we're in tune with what we really are. And we're able to help a lot of people. Like you've, you know had people, you sent some people on rapid remission from cancer. So obviously you're doing something right. And I keep telling these patients, it really is them doing it. 100%. That's one thing I, I constantly emphasize because a person came in the other day and she's been very discouraged. And this is, this is your typical average patient I'll see. They have already spent $40,000 chasing this, chasing that, chasing that. So it blows them. And they are seeing top doctors and $40,000 later they, later, they still have the same condition. And I, I said to her, because she was getting a little frustrated, this might be her uh, fourth or fifth treatment mm -hmm. that she's having. And in this example, she was getting something called EDTA, which chelates heavy metals and ozone directly into her veins. I have a feeling that we could probably sit and talk for hours upon end. But anyway, she was getting that therapy and she said to me, she said, hey, by the way, you know, are you promising me that I'm going to feel better in six weeks or not? And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm promising you nothing. Right. I'm promising you you're going to get this treatment uh -huh. and that it's going to chelate heavy metals. I have no idea how it's going to make you feel. You know, she's, she's hoping that I, I tell her, you know, that she's going to be cured of what her malady is. And I said, no, the, you want to know the real truth? The real cure lies within you, 100%. and that's a guarantee. And I'm just here to help foster that. Right. So the minute you start thinking someone else is going to do something for you, that's the name of the system, right? And the problem, right? So that that is, you know, an overriding outwardly, theme to how I, not inwardly. Absolutely. So that's how I approach each case. I don't. My little toolbox is nothing compared to the soul and the innate healing and health mechanism that resides in each person. So that's a general belief system that I espouse. So do you do you believe also that like we're so far gone away from? being in tune with ourselves that we we have to start using some of these technologies like the bed, like float tanks to help almost give us a cheat code back in, inwardly. Brilliant. I wish I could have put it that way myself, like mm -hmm. on a poster or something. You nailed it. One of my absolute 100% philosophies. And my philosophies and medical approaches are are hard one, if you will, because I, I was a conventional surgeon doing mm -hmm. urologic cancer surgery. and watching the the failures failures in the system and sitting there going well all these failures are all around me in this system how come no one corrects it right that really astounded me right and a lot of it i mean i'm gonna i think in our podcast i'm gonna always maintain as much authenticity and truth so what i'm gonna tell you is it's this crazy underlying motif of 
narcissism and ego that resides in the medical system. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure all these guys that went through these schoolings had their ideas of, you know, what they think is a good way to approach society. But I'm going to pick on one group to define what I'm trying to um, convey. Take guys that were plastic surgeons. Pretend you had a couple that grew up, went to school with you, and you notice, hey, they're pretty smart guys. They got into medical school, and they say they want to help people. Right. But now you look at them, and what, they're doing buttock implants <laughs> and boob jobs right. by the galore. Right. And I can't tell you recently how many people I met that have certain reactions to the silicone. Really? So, yeah. Well, think about how unnatural. How come you don't ask your males... I mean, really, this is right. the part maybe of what we were discussing about authenticity and what people uh -huh. are driven to. Uh -huh. What universe do you think it's logical that women think they need to put these silicone things? Facts. Facts. I mean, if I say something wrong, I mean... No, I like, and I think, I think also... Because why don't men do it then? Well, because I think it's how it's portrayed and the clout, I could be wrong. And the clout I mean, it comes with. You know, when a woman sees how women portrayed on TV... And she might have that, she might have that, and she, they're looking at the attention that she's getting. It's creating a societal norm on what a good-looking female looks like. It's creating an ideology on everybody that watches these shows on what a good-looking female looks like. And now the, the idea they're trying to paint is big boobs, big butt. And if you don't have that as a woman, you're, now you're supposed to feel inferior, that you need to spend money getting these things, when really... If that's not what true beauty is. That's is their perception of beauty that they're trying to place on us. That's why you have to go inwardly because every all this is reactionary. So that the, the images that you've seen on TV or your brain is just processing it because it's a receptive device. And so if you don't go inwardly and talk to this higher intelligence, this spirit, this soul, you're not going to be able to actually see and appreciate what you do have. You know, what this basically reminds me of what you're saying now, it reminds me, I always struggle with another thing that I think is valid, and something called the holographic universe. Mm -hmm. And D David Bohm, B-O-H-M, is a very brilliant <laughs> yes. physicist. Uh, Rupert Sheldrake and a psychiatrist named Stanislav Grof, G-R-O-F. Mm -hmm. They all believe in the holographic concept of the universe from different fields. Right. So I think there's a lot of um, answers to what we're looking for. And one thing it reminds me of is, that's a hologram, this concept of, yes. oh, we need this big job, we need it. So what's the bigger hologram, the next mess? So when you're talking about this, holograph, this holographic message that's being sent into society right. is a reverse of what you, you and I are trying to achieve. 100%. So that's why, going way back to what your original question is, what am I trying to do here? It has a lot, yeah, to try to get us all to connect back to who we really are. And through... The studies that, you know, I know you and I have read at least 60% of the same material and gained a lot of valuable insight from that, whether it's Neville Goddard, Napoleon Hill, Maxwell Maltz, uh, the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of Buddha. Right. You, all of it obviously says the same concept. So that's what I am trying to teach people here. Right. So there's really cool tools that people have at their disposal to get back to understanding their innate healing mechanisms. Whether it's sweating, right. I value exercise, which leads to lymphatic flow and all kinds of cool things, but... I, I think that's, you know, what what the, the fear is from, you know, Big Pharma is that everybody's going to stop looking outwardly for the cure when we realize the cure lies within us. And I believe that's what Jesus and Buddha and... You know, now what's great is that neuroscience is now proving their teachings to be 100% true from a science level. 
what they were telling us to do. You know, the Bible says, be still and know that I am. That sounds a lot like meditation. You know, so like, and now that, that we can tell in the brain physically what's going on through meditation, because we have these EEGs, we see that the prefrontal lobe is completely shot out and, and there's no blood flow activity there. And you're going to a subconscious place, a place inwardly, where you can have a conversation with this higher, this higher uh, power. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said 100%. I think the biggest thing that's going on is we're starting to understand that we are quantum computers. Yes. I don't even know anything about quantum computing, but right. that's what happens in this using your intuition. Right. You know, I know a lot of science. I still can't figure out quantum mechanics. Right. But I can tell you that that has a lot to do with our healing mechanisms and the stuff you're saying. Right. That, yeah, sure, that you got this... this bundle of neurons up here but then exterior to us is our mind our soul and our you know consciousness consciousness and what yeah. connects us right and the ether in between us holds way more power than mm -hmm. anyone can you know there's all kinds of crazy right. stuff we're figuring out now right so and that's why you know at, at uh the Les brown event you know i was really adamant by trying to get the point across to the audience that like now is the time we have to start taking these deliberate measures to engineer our brains, engineer our bodies, hack into our biology so that we can start to represent higher ideas of ourselves. Instead of just staying the, no, the same human beings, like we have now the cheat code to going inwardly and figuring out these things. So now we have to start using them. You know, I think a lot of people are, are starting to hoard a lot of information because there's so much information out there. But to me, true knowledge is what's going to spring people into action. It's not only just regular knowledge, it's knowledge about themselves. So now that you know your biology, you know how you work, you know how to upgrade your system, why not? Why not? You know, that's, we're, in, we're in that age now, we're in that era now, and that's what, you know, the spirit of the Beast Thinking Podcast is all about. It's, it's helping people understand themselves better so they can start taking deliberate action steps to becoming better human beings and better people. You know, that leads to a nice segue, uh, a question for you. One of the things I saw you post, and I don't know, I didn't have time to read it, about, was what your what is your vision of what you're doing with breast cancer? I saw you have some mm. things you're doing with beasts. Is it because somebody developed breast cancer? You know, I want to understand so it's that a, a little more. It's a, it's an event we host since we've had our gym, so this will be year six in our actual physical building. So it's called Beast Battling Against Cancer. And uh, it started from just one of our, a sister of one of our members had cancer. And I had developed a platform. I was like, well, why not use the platform to like do something nice for her? Just the spirit of her, like just do something good for her. And she ended up uh, being healed and all that type of stuff. We raised maybe like a thousand bucks. But then it was like, okay, let's, let's continue to find people in our community that we can affect and uh, just help them. We, you know, with the, they're giving some positive vibes during these hard times, you know. So now we're in year six. So uh, we we do a workout. It's pretty tough, and the spirit nice. behind the workout is like we're gonna struggle because we have no idea like how bad this kid's struggling. So this is gonna be our outward struggle for this kid right here that we're doing this event for. You know, that ties into a neat thing I'd read. They're, they did a nice study up in up in the Northeast, Dr. John Cabot Zinn. He's one of the first doctors that, on a big platform basis, espoused uh, meditation and okay. teaching people. So what they did is they took a group of patients. You'd have to look up the exact study, but I'm going to paraphrase it. So if I get a detail wrong, it's just from memory. They took a group of patients who had um, breast cancer. One group received 
lumpectomy, which is removal of the tumor, plus chemo and radiation. You know, okay. pretty big group, like 50, 100 patients. The other group mm -hmm. received removal of the tumor, and the only other thing they did was a support group. Okay. And the, the amazing thing is that support group of patients lived longer than the um, patients wow. with chemo. So that's an example of that community approach has 100%. unknown healing powers for unknown reasons to the masses. Right. I think you can figure out why that, you know, all these things that you mentioned, you know, whatever the teachings of any of the enlightened masters that how come love matters or have ye faith of a mustard steed, what does all that mean? Right. And that's amazing that it gets sh it gets shown to fruition in something that simple. Right. Support groups. 100%. Yeah. And that's back to the flaws in modern medicine. Another study, people ask me all the time, they say, Oh, well, my internist said I have osteoporosis. I'll see this, let's say, a 60-year-old woman will come in. And this is a great example of flawed studies. The, so the studies, they'll take the osteoporosis drugs, which are generally have their own poisonous side effects, and they'll compare it to patients taking placebo. Okay. All right, so then they look uh, three years later, then patients with uh, the drugs did better. They get DEXA scans. They have more bone remineralization. Well, what are they missing? Give them all a year with Tuck Taylor at B, strength mm -hmm. training. Right. That'll blow away placebo and the poisonous 100%. meds. Why don't they have an arm of um, you know, uh, strength training or weight-bearing exercise? Right. Which anyone would know commonsensically. Creates bone How density. many of your Creates. women, regardless of age, fell and broke a hip that you know that come and train with you? They, they, we don't, they, don't they, don't. Fall, they don't fall and break a hip. If they fall, they don't break their hip because they right. work out. Yeah, right. exactly. I'm right. saying, this is lost in our right. methods of medicine. Right. Simple stuff. It's movement. Yeah. Movement. I think too, as far as movement for you know fighting depression and anxiety is very important too. I was kind of telling Adam out in the uh, hallway like it's really hard to be angry and do a jumping jack. It's such a physical expression of like That's happiness and movement. So like I think you know once we start like again you know the topic of what we're talking about is just getting in tune with ourselves. When we get in tune with ourselves and our body and get aligned with that higher energy that, that animates us, we're gonna, a lot of these things are going to start to make sense to us. Why we need to exercise, why we should eat clean, why we need to drink a lot of water, why we need to meditate. And the more we do these things that I believe that human beings were founded on, you know, maybe the Aztecs and the ancient Egyptians understood this information, if we're going to have that same surge in our humanity and our consciousness like they did, where, you know, we all have higher intelligence, we all understand ourselves to the level where we can create, a, you know, a, a utopian-like society of high-level people, high-level achievers. What's really cool is if on my notes here, I, was, I try to write a couple things that way, if, you know, we didn't have some ideas to talk about, I got something to look at. And I think we've came full circle to what's on my top page, and the reason I wanted to mention it is it's the most valuable course I ever took in college, and it was anthropology. Mm -hmm. I, you know, everyone has these courses. They, I went to the University of Virginia. They were like, yeah, take anthropology because it's an easy A. Well, my father was good at liberal arts, and he said, take it because you're going to get a cool facet of your education. So I went in not knowing anything about it, mm -hmm. and I realized in class, I still remember some important details from that class. Number one, it was our modern-day anthropology movement was founded by someone named Margaret Mead. And then the book Patterns of Culture that we read was written by a woman named Ruth Benedict. Margaret Mead espoused anthropology in response to the growing concept of Nazism in the 1940s because that 
Nazi concept mm -hmm. was that one culture is superior to another. Right. So that was the fundamental basis of the whole class, that cultures are just a means of existence, and they all vary so radically, and there's no way any single culture can believe it's better than another just because somehow it's more dominant. Mm -hmm. That was the main thing we learned. So, so it always makes me ponder, oh, wow, this is interesting. We think we're better at depression medicines or birthing techniques like C-sections right. or vaccination systems. We think we are so better at it in our religious views that we need to dominate it and send it to the rest of the world. That's highly antithetical to the premise of anthropology. Yes. And so that relates to everything I do. I say, well, what makes me think what I'm doing is better? So right when you described the ancient cultures and you went and listed exercise, meditation, um, you know, you, and you inferred some things. How about playing on the beach and getting sunlight? Right. Going and walking by the stream in the woods and just contemplating. Ancient cultures did all this stuff and valued it. We don't. But we still think we're better than all them. And, you know, even back in the, what, the 1400, 1500s, 1600s, we decided we're so much better that they just already wiped out. Right, right. But along with that, we wiped out those five things you mentioned. Yes. And, and, so, a, and a lot of that information from, from those cultures that we could just be observing and learning from. Yeah. And so that's my crazy way of bringing it back mm -hmm. all the way home to what I do here is I don't think we're better at anything. Right. I don't think I'm better at anything. I'm, everybody's allowed to bring better ideas to the table and make me better. So, so, the, so with we talked about kind of the placebo effect, and do you still think there are there are medications or natural remedies, the things that we should be taking, or that do you think that our minds have the ability to create its own pharmaceutical network of drugs and hormones and proteins to actually cure the body? Well, that, yeah, you you ask a wonderful question that I don't think I can answer because if you look at I remember when I was little, and I studied someone like Mary Becker Eddy, mm -hmm. and she, she you know, I, I, what's it called that they, the Christian Science Movement. That's yes. what the Christian yes. Science and yes. these. When I was little, I thought they were out of their minds mm -hmm. and should probably be jailed. Now that I'm, you know, learning from observation, I believe there's a lot of merit to what you just said. Mm -hmm. But then there's a lot of merit to leaning on God-given herbs and substances. 100%. So I think it's maybe it's a a huge, you know, forest so to speak. The healing, healing is the forest and the forest is compi comprised of many things, whether it's growing things, rocks, animals, spirits, things you can't see. So if the forest is, that's what I say, you know, if you look so, at the healing like a forest, everything yes. should be used. So uh, that would make sense too on why it's important for us to get out in nature and get in tune with other things so that we understand that our power does lie within us, but also lies within our intuition to be connected with earth and matter and that it has given us things that we should be taking to make us to optimize us to make us yeah. feel better i love reading things or you know whether or not i believe something i still love some of the things that are out there like i see some memes sometimes they're like in the bible was jesus talking about medicinal mushrooms i have no idea but i can tell you the receptors are in our body 100 endocannabinoids right. are, they're in our body for a reason right I don't know. Was that manna? Huh? Was that manna? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Those are, yeah, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I'll ever know. Right. But the right. point is, is I will always advocate, mm -hmm. you know, these healing things. And I know for a fact touching neuroreceptors in manners that aren't even legal are absolutely um, the holy grail that we're missing. Like, 100%. A lot of the psychological illness or psychiatric illness that's being treated 
let's just use uh, three examples of ways that are, they're treated. Um, number one, they put you in a straitjacket and give you Haldol. Number two, they, um, they throw you into a ward with fluorescent lights, isolate you from your family, and give you um, food that could be found at you know, uh, McDonald's. And then number three, they will uh, use ECT, which is electroconvulsive therapy for depression. Mm -hmm. Examples. But you can't you, you can't thoughtfully use a uh, right. you know, psilocybin, right. but you can shock someone. Right. I mean, right. it's insane. Right. The That's, system's insane. Maybe not the crazy. people. Right. So if you know, on my bookshelf, there are books where you can cure schizophrenia with um, diet and certain vitamins. I'm not saying this stuff works for everyone, but if you had a uh, a more holistic, global approach to each patient, we can achieve a lot more than that's available. In I, I this thing medicine. too with with getting to the holistic side and getting to the nature side, that stuff doesn't come with anything. When you take pharmaceuticals, that's coming with a, you're, you're paying a price for that. Always. You're risking that side effect. You're risking, you know, later on in five years, have you ever taken Zoloft? Have you ever taken this? We're suing everybody that, that you know, took that well, stuff. Well, Zoloft, it causes homicidal ideation and suicidal ideation. Right. For people that are depressed. <laughs> okay, go figure. Right, so like it, it, is, it is crazy, but I think again, the, the way we can combat that is getting information out, you know, is helping people understand themselves better. And that's one thing I said at my uh, Les Brown presentation was just there's no greater knowledge than knowledge itself. No greater knowledge. If you know how you operate, if you know how your brain works, if you know how nature reacts with your body, you, you, you're the, you've, you've won. You've won. Now you can optimize and steer towards directions that's going to actually help you and actually help others. And it's optimized. I think when we're all optimizing at, we're, we're supposed to be optimizing at this God-like level, this spirit-like level, but we've lost connection of that. And actually not connection, but also like access to that, you know, that, that, that spirit that animates us. And I think like we, all the things we're talking about is just really fine-tuning your body so you can get back in touch with that. You know, that you're, what you're doing is amazing because it is one of the heart level cornerstones of healing is activity whether it's um and you're, you're really encompassing a lot of facets of healing because you're teaching people the value of meditation you're teaching people the value of slowing down you know that you're given all these things you don't need a louis vuitton you know wallet to heal or feel better in your social group you know you just need to share love and and the beauty is it's like a form of evolution if the, and, and that's the thing i tell people too like i mean in a real no thing, no like, i want it's, you to it's man. okay that's the beauty of this it's okay to want those things obtain those things but just don't think those things are going to fulfill you yeah don't think that's going to like make you feel better right you make you feel better you can you can still want these things and, and naturally we are because we see it that's the only reason why we want it and, and it's putting there so naturally we're going to have a side of us that wants these materialistic things but we have to know inherently that these things don't fulfill you these things aren't going to make you feel better they're just objects they're just literally you know matter so we have to make sure that we know understand we're fulfilled and we're doing things that represent our highest ideas that's what makes you feel wealthy it's when your time and your resources go into things that really matter to you you know, that, that makes a ton of sense to me, too, because sometimes I get too far overboard on that, because, look, I got my name brand shirt, uh -huh. I got my name brand, you know, I have, but they don't define me, but I, no. they, I you, you said it beautifully, which is uh, perfect, and that's why We're human I'm happy still. to hear that yeah. you get to go and speak with Les Brown and, you know, speak for those people to them, teaching them the things you're picking up. 
A funny thing I often think about when it comes to this stuff, ironically, about you're saying we could live and have a utopian society without forcing it on ourselves. Like, I don't agree with some of the stuff like universal basic income or all that. You know, eventually we're going to outgrow every aspect because if you imagine the, the aliens, like, take E.T., for instance, that movie. Uh, if you are an alien buff, you there's stories that this there's actually a civilization like them. Right. So you imagine them coming to visit. Let's say you wake up and you see the ship in the backyard. They get out. Well, they don't come wearing fancy robes or anything. Every depiction is they're very plain. 100%. It's kind of ironic right. Right. that if when we evolve heavily and mm -hmm. make leap year moves... We're we're gonna be bare boned. It's not gonna. This stuff is not gonna matter. It's really. This is not gonna matter. If you think about that yeah. now, to get really bizarre, because of my study of right. this stuff, and studying purported alien technology, I've learned some of the healing things that I do from my studies of that. Mm -hmm. So whether I'm using certain stem cell techniques that regrow limbs, and mm -hmm. you know, this would be a whole other for sure discussion. Because I got, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Right now. We'll, we'll do that on another. Uh, Another episode, but but, but I want to know. But yeah. I want to know. Well, it's uh, this guy I was watching. He was uh, he was the bodyguard for a very famous doctor named Stephen Greer, who is literally one of the number one spokespeople and figureheads for the alien disclosure movement. So now we're getting way over here, and, mm -hmm. our, and I'm not gonna delve too far into it, but I'll gotcha. drop a couple of names. I'm watching this guy named Emery Smith. You can look up. He's pretty interesting, and it turned out a Emery was special forces in the military. B, he was a surgical tech. He claims that he had operated and done autopsies 30 floors below um, top secret centers on different types of alien entities. Over a thousand. Wow. I've watched his interviews and I can tell you as a surgeon that every aspect that he describes technically is legit. So wow. I, that caught my... Wow. I was like, huh, wow. some of the technology I use comes from his company. Wow. So I will take and merge my different worlds and bring it right here. Because wow. later I go, wow. It's my belief in UFOs and aliens that's led to me having this extra technology because of my seeking and right. not discounting that, you know, anything Emery says. Mm -hmm. So he's easily... Just being open to those things. Yeah, so he's, he discovered something that's a purified version of PRP that caused that immense level of healing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. And someday when we're bored, I'll share that with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely interested in just maybe, try, maybe, trying out some of these different things. I think the so, last thing I'll... You know, I think we have a nice little podcast we're putting together. The last thing I'd like to touch on is is a pharmacological enzyme pathway I want to teach you about okay, yes. that you didn't know you were already using, but this pathway is called mTOR. And this, you're going to find this the hottest pathway of anti-aging concepts. And what it is, mTOR stands for the mammalian M target of rapamycin. Did I mention rapamycin yet to you? So, mm -hmm. Okay. So rapamycin, what's really cool is that I think it was discovered in the 1980s, and it was discovered on Easter Island okay. in the fungi. And so there was a theory that people that lived on Easter Island understood anti-aging. So this is like the Ponce de Leon stuff, Fountain of Youth. So if you block mTOR in every creature it's ever been used on, fruit flies, salamanders, frogs, mice, hamsters, dogs, now humans, monkeys, it causes anti-aging. Really? And so, so what, do you, what, what are the ways to block mTOR? Well, I said you already knew a bunch of them. Exercise, intermittent fasting, 
and certain products that block mTOR. Mm -hmm. So intermittent fasting, you probably realize seeing some of the things people talk about causes life extension, especially you know small mammals, but humans are doing it all the time now. Right. You know the higher ups, Dr. Peter Atia, Dom D'Agostino, Rhonda Patrick. That's they're they're all talk. Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, they're all right. talking about this. Well, you're gonna see them talk about this mTOR stuff by the droves. So the first thing that happened is the guy that discovered it had stage four cancer, and he started taking rapamycin, and all his cancer disappeared. Really? So verifiable. His son does an interview about it, and then because he's an ardent researcher, he stopped taking the rapamycin because he said, "Listen, I can't leave a legacy of I took this stuff, the cancer disappeared, so I got to stop taking it and prove whether it did something." Well, his cancer came back, and he died. Wow. So you know, one of his deathbed <laughs> deathbed things is, "Oh my goodness, I should not have stopped taking the rapamycin." Wow. So rapamycin was developed for, and it's FDA approved for kidney transplant, liver transplant, transplant patients. Mm -hmm. If you take six milligrams every day. It blocks your T-cells and stops your immune system from working. That's why it's a transplant drug. Some really smart people figured out, and the, the guy that did all this, his name is Dr. Blagos Klani, and he's an MD, PhD at Roswell Park Cancer Center in New York. <clears throat> and he figured out, if you just take it at 2 milligrams once a week, it causes all those effects. And so wow. it causes anti-cancer effects, cardiovascular stability, loss of diabetes, there's like 20, you know, all the diseases of aging once a week. So the hard part is to you live and your questions are all holistically based. So I call these smart drugs or repurposed drugs. Mm -hmm. No pharma guys come in here and tell me this is something that I've discovered through research. So right. the question that goes back to my jungle and farce is like, you know, somewhere you say, if I just got to take a smart repurposed drug once a week and it blocks mTOR and causes loss of a lot of the natural... Uh, you know, ailments that occur with aging, and maybe they're not natural, maybe it's just causing some level of uh, war against the toxins in our atmosphere. So, hey, we have artificial toxins penetrating us constantly, so why can't we have an artificial good guy? Right. And that's what I look at the uh, repurposed drugs. Mm. So, that is an example of a pathway I'm now utilizing constantly with patients, especially ones that are having the problems with aging. You meet Patients all the time that are now in their 60s or something, they'll say, wow, doc, I hit a wall after 50, put on all this extra weight, all the exercise. They do everything, and they still can't surmount certain aspects. That's right. because there are pathways in our body that do lead to aging and loss of quality Naturally, of life. Naturally, right? We're not, so, we're not made to live forever. No. So <laughs> that's why these guys that study mTOR, uh -huh. they believe this makes a lot of sense because why wouldn't you want the time you're here to be of the highest quality? And if it adds years, because they are high quality... That's a win-win. Right. So right. that is a pathway that I've now started several patients on, and I'm going to start taking rapamycin, and I know my brother is, you know, we're both in our 40s, so we're going to prove the what's good for the goose is good for the gander I thing. think another thing that you do, though, you don't need to worry about anti-aging is that you learn all the time. You know, dementia, different things like that is from us kind of having that societal you know, a way of living that once you get a certain age, you stop learning, you stop going to school, you stop doing these things. So you stop creating these new connections in your brain. If you don't use it, you lose it. So then you stop doing these things and then start your, the myelination of these pathways starts to fall off. And that's contributing to your, you know, your ultimate dementia or... That, that's a wonderful, yeah. maybe that's our closing topic because you love talking about neuroplasticity yes. and myelin. And I think back to the meme, 
from a young age, we are taught that, oh, if you don't do this at a young age, you'll never be good at it. Right. And But I remember going to see uh, Monticello, that's who founded the University of Virginia, Thomas Jefferson. And they said Jefferson started playing the violin at the age of 70. Right. So I'm like, well, that didn't agree with right. what I was taught as a little kid. And mm -hmm. even I, you know, try to teach myself to play guitar. And I noticed once I learned guitar, it's so much easier to figure out piano. So I go and notice, wow, there are no limitations. Right. We can regrow neurons and re, you know, regrow new synapses. That's highly proven. And the thickness of the myelin, you know, is another proven detail, which also ties into that stem cell stuff I'm talking about. Is everybody? It's kind of everybody focuses on the cells, and they forgot about the other things like the interstitium, the stuff in between cells. Right. Everyone focuses on neurons. Well, the myelin has a role too. One hundred percent. In all these, so that's it. The whole, the whole of the body matters. It's not just the the individual right. Lego pieces. Right. The glue is also important. So in the neuroplasticity, the myelin's like the glue, and that holds a lot of important keys to how come we can do cool things when we're 70, 80, and 90. Right. And that's what, that's our goal is to, for our, what do they call it, your health age to, to equal your life expectancy. So like how long you're healthy for and the long you actually live should be that's exactly. right around the same. I don't want to live 20 years in a bed or 20 years up with my brain going crazy like I want to die of something natural and be able to be functional and cognitive and vibrant and you know all that good stuff at to old age and hacking into our biology figuring out what's what we're losing as we get older or what's happening is our whole purpose I guess is to figure this well, out. I mean we're living in a country of like zombification when we have all these people in nursing homes I would see them as a physician they come in on 15 different meds they don't right. know why they're here right. they don't even know why they take their meds right they don't know who they're playing cards with right. and all that's because it's a zombification because like, I, mean, like, I saw like it firsthand because a zombie in the fictional literature right. is just an entity that's that happens to be alive that has no awareness of right. its existence and it has no awareness of what it's doing. It's that simple. See, so we already have them. We create them. It was very disruptive and morally reprehensible for me to see these patients and meet them mm -hmm. and notice that they're on 15 different drugs that all have side effects. They're half dead. And they were seeing me for the side effect of all their drugs. Oh, and of wow. course, I couldn't fix that. And, wow. you know, it's just like, yeah, check, antibiotic, check. And, but at least I'd go... Who has put this person on blood thinner and this and that and this and now they're bleeding out from their bladder because their blood thinner is too strong oh my now. Goodness. It's and no communication, but right. It, it's like I said, it's a pathetic system. Wow. So you're just like literally keeping this thing that should be dead alive, but it's not even. Really I mean, conscious. I hate to dehumanize these people, but I I can't help Yikes. but tell you the truth. Yikes. This so. is every county all over the you know. No one even thinks to talk about this. It's just swept under a rug. Right. And I guarantee you, somebody's making a lot of money off these poor people. The nursing home running it's making money. Medicare's making money. Doctors making money. But the people have been zombified. Do you think it's a fixed mindset to believe that there's the money's only made in the sick people? Like, I think there's so much. Like, if, if you have to make money, I believe you can make as much money on educating the healthy people how to stay healthier. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's from the Yellow Emperor back in ancient China. They they 
they wouldn't let the doctor get paid if the patient got sick. Right. That's right. something like the Yellow Emperor's <laughs> Handbook. Yeah. Now, I guess I'd probably be penniless at this point in my life if uh -huh. I had to follow that. But, yeah, you make a great point that we have now, back to that reverse negative hologram, mm -hmm. that's a negative hologram that's been embedded in society. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think with, you know, our podcast and our energies and our knowledge and our connections, we can create now a conversation and a dialogue on reversing that and it's creating a new hologram where we're more in tune and uh, understand our biology and our brains and the stuff in between to a level that we can, you know, live healthy, healthy, healthy lives. Yeah, and I, I guess for me on a closing note, hopefully this podcast will get uh, produced, published, and I'll say if anybody's watching this and they want to leave questions for future podcasts yes, for Tuck and I to address, that'll be very fun. And that's the last part. I think health and medicine and all this stuff should be fun. So that's something I'm proud of. People that come to my office, maybe they're finished with treatments, they'll, they'll almost cry and hug us and say, I'm going to miss you guys. I yes. love coming here. And I always go, wow, that's pretty cool. I, no I always love coming here. I always love coming here. It's an hour out of my way, but I was, I was excited the whole way coming here, man. Like, I love well, it. Well, we'll do the next one up at Beast Athletics. So yes, awesome. Share the love awesome. everywhere. And, and, I, and folks, I'm telling you, this is like Disney World for like holistic practices. Every room kind of has a little bit of different uh, holistic thing that you can kind of get right with from magnets to hyperbaric chambers to ozone therapy to all these things that can help optimize us. And so I love coming here and just getting different treatments and also spending time talking to Dr. Rucker because he, as you see, he has tons of valuable information. So I appreciate you. I, I'm going to bring the magnet up to Beast Athletics. So yes, that'll be please well. do. That'll be fun. Everybody can try it. Yes. All right. So that'll be our yes. next goal. They're going to they're gonna want it. See, it's, that's going to be dangerous because they're going to want to keep it up. They're going to want to keep it up there. All right. Our next that podcast thing works very well. will be at Beast Athletics. Okay, I'll bring awesome. the magnet and, you know, everybody that comes there gets a free trial on it. And Awesome. Well, you guys right. hear, heard it here first. We got some free uh, stuff coming at Beast Athletics. Uh, again, appreciate your time. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me and, and talk. And this is, uh, this is something that we're building. So again, like he said, any questions, any topics you want us to talk about, we're here to answer your questions and just provide knowledge and start a conversation. All right, thanks. All right.